Pastor Troy and the team of On The Dock, onthedock.org. We're kicking it here. We're having a good time here. We are doing a new series for you. We're getting deep into it. We're in the third part of it. So I think it's going to be an 11-part series. It's because we did 10 Psalms, so there'll be 10 messages, and then we'll do, we usually do a wrap-up and kind of pull everything together. So it, we're kicking it mean anyway. Kicking it means we're doing it. We're, we're getting it. You know, we're, it. It's like dancing. We're kicking our boots up. What do you think? I always just think you're just hanging out. You, you, okay, if you're kicking it, you think you're resting? You're kicking it. Yeah, like Kick, you're, like you're, you're kicking like, it up. Like you're kicking your feet up kicking and relaxing. Up. Well, I think yeah. if you're kicking it up, then you're there. But if you're kicking it, I think you're dancing. Could be. Beth, okay, this is your philosophy. Okay. Or you could be playing real football. So, 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 yes. this is. <laughs> Come back to the, on the doc.org every Tuesday and Thursday. I'm going to get out of my whole open. We're, you, you found us. And we're about conversations that propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. I'm going to come back to this in just one second. And you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, SermonNet, and our five uh, social media partners, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. And hit subscribe, like, notify. And, and we'd like to have you partner with everybody. Just give everybody this disease on the doc. Give it to them. And then go to my Patreon site and become a partner or sponsor. We'd love to have you. Reach out to us on the doc.org. will get you links to all those things. And email us if you got questions. Info at on the doc.org. Donna Kroniski, our executive producer, would love to talk to you. I'm on set with myself, Mother Beth, and I'm Mother Beth. We're coming back to that. We're coming back to that. And I've got our techno wizard, our executive director, Lucas Winkler. Hey, Lucas. Hey. Yeah, we tried to, we're trying to, trying to repopulate his mom's cat world. And we're working on that offset. offset. All right. So, so back to where I got distracted there. No, what were we talking about? And I got distracted. Kicking it. Kicking it. Well, this, this goes back to your philosophy of life because when we go on vacation. Mine? No, our philosophy, your philosophy oh, of life. Mine versus yours. Mine versus yours. When we go yes. on vacation, I don't feel like it's vacation, Lucas, unless we go do stuff. Right. So I think of kicking it up as we get to go do things finally because I don't have to do the same stuff here I do here all the time. Beth thinks we go on vacation. She kick, sleeps deeper, does kick nothing. Kick my feet up. Kick her feet up and sit on the beach and not move the whole week. Yes. And I want to go see stuff and eat lunch every day out. And I want to go walk around the beach. This was actually our first argument. Argument. In our marriage. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. She just wants to sit On there. On our honeymoon. And I, I mean, it's just like, I mean, you can sit at home, watch a lake yourself. You don't even have to go to Florida to do that. You want to go do stuff, you know? So so some people will see kicking it up as chilling, and some people see it as kicking it up as like, I get to go fishing. So it, it's a matter of how you Lucas vacate. Lucas is on my side, by the yeah. way. Yeah. I, I think there's a healthy balance of both on, on every thank vacation. You, thank you. Yes. Yeah. There my is. wife wants to be a vegetable most of the time. So Well... She will go out though. In we pretty get her. places. Yeah, pretty places should go eat lunch. So I have to pick things to go do that I know she'll get quality video uh, picture time. So that works good. Yeah, so. I like to go outside and put my feet up. All right, we're here for Psalms <laughs> Volume 2 series, Songs of the Soul, Message for the Heart. And on the dock, Season 2, Digging Deeper in the Word. I think we're doing good this season uh, with our Micah series. Uh, this will be our second, I think, Digging Deeper series this year. I'm trying to think if we did another one already. I think Micah... Was Micah the first one? Micah was the first one. This is the second one we're doing. Um, and I think it's we've done good this year trying to get deeper in the world. We did that in season one. But we really want to give you something as you're listening to to really challenge you in mm -hmm. your growth. And I think these have been great. Go watch Psalm 1, part 1, uh, River Psalms. Go watch Psalm uh, 15 that we just did, part 2. Um, it's the Who Psalm, the micro version. And right now, we're going to go to our third in the series, Psalm 16, the I Will Not Be Shaken Psalm. Yes, there's a song. From Bethel Music, and we did it on that Sunday. That song says, we will not be shaken. 
You know that one, Lucas? Oh, yeah. Very well. Y'all do it. Y'all do that. Y'all do it well. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out. You can probably go watch that sermon from that week and hear that music because um, I asked for it that week. I will not be shaken. The, the, the concept here of that is that our atonement comes from the line of David. It, our atonement comes from one that once he's covered us, um, gosh, once he's covered us, we can have hope and confidence because he took back the keys of death. He is, he is beaten death. And because he lives, I can live tomorrow. And so we can have hope and confidence of the one that we trust in. And none other than that is the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So he is our, our covering that, and in him, we will not be shaken. So I, 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 when we talk about David in Psalm 16, he didn't have Jesus, but he knew of a Messiah to come. Right. He had the hope and the confidence of the Jesus. And he had the hope and the confidence that he knew that it would, he had even prophecy that it would come from his house. And he, but he also had a relationship with God that was so active that it was like Jesus was already in relationship with him. David had that unique living relationship with God that he was a friend of God active. So like we say, I'm a, I, what a friend I have in Jesus. David had a friend in God. Yeah. So he could see messianic. He had the hope and the realization of messianic before we even knew about messianic. And so I, I just think that's something to think about. Uh, this Psalm again is a David Psalm written by David. Um, uh, it reflects David and I'm going to get into the deep theology of this song. It's going to be really good. So let, let me read it. And then we're going to get into a couple key pieces here. So we're in Psalm 16 verses one through 11. It's 11 verses. Um, it says a Psalm of David. Again, it's a mictum. We'll talk about mictum in a minute. You can see it in a little black up there. You probably can't see it. If you've got a small screen, a mictum of David, that's in the foot, print of the what i like about these psalms is a lot of them have footnotes and the footnotes that you see there they are not um some of the bible has footnotes to what the section means but in psalms they're the actual footnotes were a part of the psalm they're musical chords or they tell you that it was sung in asaph's house or it was sung to the chord of the house of the, you know not the rising sun but that the, the, <laughs> the rising something they have something where you see a lot of tunes so there, there'll be clues these typically tell you who wrote it and it tells you in this case, what it was written for or as, cause they were typically used in worship. So it's a victim of David and, and it's a word we don't use, but it's when I get, when I explain the word victim in a minute, it's going to make perfectly good sense. Uh, Psalm 16 verses one through 11. Let's read together. If you're, if you're, if you're driving a car, don't read, just keep driving. We'll read to you. <laughs> New living translation. Here we go. Keep me safe. Oh God, for I've come to you for refuge somebody's come to him for race, like coming into a harbor, just like on the dock, you're sitting down with us. I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. Amen. Verse three, the godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. Godly people, we should take pleasure in the godly people out there. Verse four, troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I will not take part in their sacrifice of blood or even speak the names of their gods. That's in the Old Testament. You're not supposed to do that. I saw that when Joseph was charging the people. Don't even, don't marry them. Don't speak them. Don't, don't give them any credits. Yeah. Don't, don't play around with satanic stuff or false gods or all that other junk. Verse five. This is good already. Lord, you alone are my inheritance. He is enough. My cup of blessing. You guard all, not some, all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. We don't always believe that, but it, but what he's got for us is going to be good. We just see the top. He's there's an iceberg underneath there of glory of what God's got for us. 
look what it says. What a wonderful inheritance. You almost believe when David was singing this that he, he could see it. Mm-hmm. The land you have given me is pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. You don't get it all at once, but just bless the one taking you. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Man, that's good. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. For you will not leave my soul among the dead. What a promise. Or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. Our life's just not over. It's just beginning. Look what he says, verse 11. You will show me the way of life. This is talking about after the grave, after the dead. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you. He will live with God forever. He already had an understanding that God was the Logos. He already saw a Jesus to live with for eternity. David had a powerful relationship with God. What, what, guys, that's just, that psalm is, is thick, isn't it? Yeah. You can just tell David was somebody that was in love. I know he messed up, but, but David was somebody that was in love with God. I mean, there's just no question he was in love with God. Um, just deeply in love with God. Let me go back to that note on the mictum here, up, up top here. This mictum. What is this? What's mictum, you know? Um, have you ever heard, anybody ever taught on any of the years that you've been teaching, all the years you've grown up in church? My wife's approaching 60 years this year. That's a lot of time. No. You want to know if I've heard that word before? Yeah. I mean, it's no, in the Bible. not until you. Not until I picked it out. So. Brought it up. Yeah. I haven't heard that one. I, I wish people would teach us some of the old stuff a little bit so we understood the purpose of it. But My pastor did. Yeah. Yeah. Percy could have done this. Yeah. Time. But I don't remember that word. Yeah. It's a, he might have. Some of the other Bibles, um, some of the earlier. New King James, a few of these didn't put it in there. They kind of left it to the side or deep in a footnote, so you have to look a little bit. We got to go look. You got to go look. You got to find out what a, when it says a psalm of atonement, you got to go find out what the word atonement means, what's victim. Victim is rooted in a Hebrew verb, which means to cover. It's it's a covering. It's, it's, It's a lot like a holy tablecloth, a holy tablecloth. And it's rooted in the Hebrew word to cover, and it's a spiritual sense. It means atonement. So when we talk about the day of atonement or the Lord atoning for your sins, it means he lays on them or he covers them. And we we know from a uh, standpoint that God's currency is blood, so he covers it with the blood of the lamb, or in Jesus' case, he covers it as the blood of the lamb, as a sacrifice. And it's the only currency that God sees for sin, is he exchanged blood for sin. And so Martin Luther uh not Martin Luther King, Martin Luther, <laughs> the, the theologian. Martin Luther was, was, was a pastor, but he wasn't a theologian. Uh, Martin Luther translates it as he calls the mictum a golden jewel. It's the golden jewel as it is the prophecy of our golden hope. It's the thing that we can trust in knowing that it will cover us. And because it covers us, we will be able to see our way through or God, we will pass through because of the co- the nature of the covering will sanctify us in such a way that we will be allowed to enter in. Hmm. And so the definitional word's not completely clear, but they seem to clearly foretell and sing of the atonement of one to come. They're singing of one to come, one that will keep us safe, one that will will get us in. And they are, no doubt this is a messianic prophecy. No doubt. And it's a psalm of confidence. It's a psalm that should, when we sing it, or if we're using this for a devotion this morning, or say tomorrow you want to do Psalm 16, 
It's a psalm that should give us confidence and hope that the one that we put our faith in is able to get us through. He's got us. So, so I, I just think it's a really, really good thing. It, it's a, it's a, I think a good example of this would be, um, it's a song that was sung. I'm looking for my notes here. I have a graphic for it here. I don't, maybe I don't have a graphic for this, but it's a song that was sung. Um, I maybe had a graphic for this, but no. All right, it's a song that was sung by King David in, in my view to promise that there would be this fulfillment of this ultimate promise of God. He's singing saying, God's going to get you covered. So when you stand before God, you'll be covered in the priestly garments and be safe. So you talked about Beth in the second episode, how much the high priest had to do to get ready to go in for that one day of the year. He had to wash and couldn't be around things. He couldn't be around dead things. He, he had to be all this. And there was atonement done before that. He had to make sacrifices and scapegoats and the people did too. And then he could appear before God. What they're saying is this mictum will cover us so that when we appear before God, God will receive us. The ultimate covering that that's available for all of us. That's good. That's a good. So it's a song singing about this. And so when, when, when David says, I will not be shaken, or when we sing the song, I will not be shaken. The idea here is that the promise of the Messiah gives us the confidence that we can be grounded in that, that, that maybe we're rough now, maybe we got issues, but the blood of Jesus will saturate my life and cover me to such a point that despite the fact that underneath I'm a human born and conceived by Adam and Eve's descendants, he will cancel that or re-improve me back to what God intended. So it's a, it, it, the, the, it, the mictum take, you, you know, it used to be when you'd have Sunday dinner, you'd come out on the table and then you put the, 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 at the house, grandma also made, put a tablecloth on the table mm-hmm. and you go, that's the same table we eat on every week. Why we got a tablecloth? They said, it's a special dinner. You know, we're covering all the marks and we're, you hack this and that. And all yeah. of a sudden it just kind of covers it. When another example of a mictum is at a funeral, uh, they don't do it really well here. Um, but in funeral tradition, in, especially Catholic churches, maybe Lutheran churches, they will, they will take the casket and cover it with a thing called a pall. P-A-L-L. A pall is like a casket cover. And they do that before it comes forward in a Catholic church to the, in the church or in, in, in the Lutheran church. We don't do that here. We need to do Pauls here. That would be good. Uh, maybe I think about that before we do a future, but, but the Paul covers the casket because I know when I go to funerals, I, I appreciate wood. So you go, that's a walnut casket. That's a man. That's an expensive casket. That's a one of them $5,000 caskets. And then you see the next casket. It's like, it's like old pine. You know, that's a $4 well, casket. Well, then you wouldn't have to worry about spending all that money on one. Right. Or, or, or that's that cheap metal. That's that 19, the 20 gauge <laughs> metal that's flexible. Or that's a really nice with the ends on it. And, and people can look, go to a funeral and they can look at a casket and they go, that tells a lot about the wealth of a man and yeah, what he has. And, that's too and bad the problem is the person that's dead in it's dead in it. And whether it's the cheap one or the other one, yeah. and they both going to go on the ground, they're going to get rotted and rusted right. and be done. My mom said she was wanted an old pine box. Show me the box. You know? <laughs> Matter of fact, that'll break down soon. The other one just yeah. be slower rotten. Yeah. You know? So, so, you know, the pall was used in the church to cover the casket so that nobody could tell who the person was. It was just a soul. Mm. The preacher does the same thing with the clergy robe. The clergy robe was put on the preacher so that you couldn't tell whether he had good jeans or holy jeans or rich jeans or poor jeans yeah. or whether he had high-end clothes or not high-end clothes, whether he had, you know, things. So you put the robe on and everybody that was preaching the gospel was simply covered by the mictum. Yeah. So it took away you know, whether he could afford a good tie or a bad tie or no tie. Right. So, so we don't have a lot of that today in the modern contemporary church because 
we don't cover poles. We don't use robes anymore. So we just kind of, we actually do kind of look and go, did you get that at the gap? Did yeah. you get that there? So yeah. we're missing something. They had a good sense of that. And the earlier church, even 50 years ago, 40 years ago, would have had a good sense of, you know, neutralizing yourself so that you stand before God just as a, a soul, as a child of God. And the, the mictum here is to help us understand that we all, in the end, will stand before God either, let's go back to Psalm 1, either we'll be blessed and godly and on the heaven way or the other way. We have those choices. Psalm 15 will either answer the question right or we won't. And so we'll determine whether the robe is spotless and clean and gets us in or whether the robe is filthy and dirty and you end up in, in one, of the, one of the gospels of the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm-hmm. So, so the mictum is really important. So I want, I want to spend some time with that because I think that that's really good, but it's not, it's not all here. Uh, let's get into the text itself. Psalm 16 verse one here. I think I have it up right here. Keep me safe. Let's, the opening of this is a petition for movements. There's a petition. The opening is a salutation like you normally get in just kind of saying, hey, hey God, keep me safe. Uh, Shamar <laughs> is, oh God. Hey God, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah, thanks for giving me safe. For I come to you as a refuge. I put my trust in you. I'm here, God. Thank you, Holy One. I said to the Lord, you are my master. In other words, in New King James, you are my Lord. Every good thing I have comes from you. So I, I like the New King James better. That's why I put it up there. My goodness is nothing apart from you. In other words, I don't have anything good for you. The Paul is what makes me good, is what's covered me, makes me good. The godly people, King James, the saints in the land, are my true heroes and I take pleasure in them. Those that have been our witnesses, those that have showed us the way, uh, those are people that we should really appreciate. I don't know that people always, always today appreciate the witnesses uh, that we have. I, I'm, I'm, I, every day I learn more and more that the people have spoken into me and that I follow, whether it be my brother Shane uh, in the Lord, who I watch him lead and, mm-hmm. and stuff, or, or Fred or, or different people, Billy Abraham's with the Lord now. People that have spoken into my life and been a leader for me. Um, I, I just thank God for people that went before me and took on issues. And I have learned from their pain. I've done plenty of my own pain. They've had to dig me out of my, they've helped me get splinters out of myself. And <laughs> it just reminds me I'm not in this alone. And you can finish. Some of these guys, you can finish the race well. Yeah. And it, it, and and these guys, what I loved about them most is I could see their covering. I could see that I, I saw the presence of God. I saw their devotional life. I saw their love for God. Mm-hmm. I saw their passion. Um, I, I think, I think, uh, my, my brother Shane, I, I I think just going through the transformation that his church has gone through, and he's he's a completely successful pastor, but they've also gone through the time of separation when the church has become an independent church. Right. And that's been painful, separation, loss of friends. You know, we know how that goes. Yeah, when, in being friends with them, we've seen pain and their roughness. real life, It's too. hard. You, you lose that, people that you love. That parallel with that, but most people don't. They don't know don't the real thing. The, and, yeah. and then his wife, you know, fought a battle with cancer. Right. And praise God, she, Melissa's doing well. I mean, right. Beth and I wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Melissa. She met us, she got us together and Shane was, but to see them fight that battle and the other battle at the same time. Yeah. And the humility I see in him today, just saying, I don't really care. I'm going to do what God calls me to do. Right. I mean that I've always seen that in his dad. Mm-hmm. Fred will do what's right, regardless of what it costs. Yeah. I mean, he will back up and fix it. He may not see it at the time, but he, he will fix it. And it's really shaped my life. How they covered themselves in the presence of God has high, even now when I'm much farther along than I am. And it, it's just good to know that, you know, you're on the right path because the others in front of you are struggling on it too. 
Yeah. But they're keeping their eyes fixed on Jesus. Right. So I just really admire that. I the, the, just to see the cost and what they're willing to lay down and and everything. And then you go take some of these really super large pastors of super mega churches, and I, I see some of them doing some of the same things now. I'm starting to follow a few of those, and I, right. I just hear the same repeated thing: is keep your eye, keep yourself humbled, keep your eye on Jesus, and 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 He's your master. Every good thing comes from Him. You know, uh, the more you can keep that fixed in, the more likelihood you can continue to to be on a path that honors and blesses God and, and yeah. do things. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. We got to take, look, listen to this, take pleasure in them. I'm so tired of people beating down people that are ahead of them doing better or they perceive to do it. They, 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 they're ahead of you spiritually. They're ahead of you growth wise. Don't tear them down. Thank God for them. And, yeah. and thank God that you, you don't want to be them. You don't no. want to, you, you can't handle, you can't handle <laughs> what they've gone through. You can't, and you have no idea. You can't handle what I've gone through either. You can handle what you can go through, and you can go through that by the grace of God, and right. and go through it hanging on to God, and use the inspiration of other people that have gone before you to give you the source to go through it, but don't knock them or don't deride them. You don't know, and it doesn't matter whether your church is a church of 2,000, a church of 20,000, or a million. Some of these guys got a million people following them. Some of them got two or three like Shane, and, and some of them have one or 200 like me, you know, it doesn't matter. You're called to be you and you don't know who you're going to influence. That's going to have more influence. Right. You know, I, you know, I've got friends that have much bigger churches, but, but I've also got pastors that are preaching in Buddhist countries in Thailand where there is no Christ being president yeah. and, and they're getting a chance to influence millions. You don't know whether God's using you to create an Elisha and you're nobody. Right. Or whether God's going to be using you as the Elisha. And you're going to do a lot of stuff. You don't know if you're going to be the Daniel, the Shadrach. Just be who God calls you to be. Yep. And be godly in the process. Right. And trust it. I, I just think, what a powerful thing. The promise of refuge, keep me safe, oh God, verse one. That was, that, that's a pro, the promise of refuge here is an absolute promise. And I, I think I have a graphic on that. Let me see if I can remember. I remember this is. Yeah, refuge is an absolute and complete trust in the goodness of God to be our defender and our protector and our refuge. Know that in Psalm here, the Psalm 16, that he is your defender. He's your cover. When you put him on, it's not just that you put him on, you're saved. You can put him on and trust him. Mm -hmm. And that's with your mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. And I know that my mistakes, if I keep my heart uh, in the word and in devotion, that he'll correct those and fix me. And even if I make them, he knows my heart was inclined to the right thing. Towards him. Yeah. I may have been stupid. I'm stupid a lot. He'll either give people to give me deference on that or people will see. I mean, that's just not who he is. You know, he was just stupid, you know. You know, God will be your defender and your protector. Your your history will be people will see that that's not him. That's just not his character. Right. You know. And I think I think what we need to understand is 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 this is uh, I'll use this quote from before. This is the power and the pleasure of the presence of God in our life. If God is in your life, he's your absolute refuge. You can trust in him. And even if somebody doesn't care, they don't believe you, you can say, I'm covered by the victim and despite you, I will not be shaken. Yeah, I will make this decision if all of you want to leave. As for me and my house, we're going to still serve the Lord in this church. Yeah, we're, we're in a day and age where pastors, church leaders are going to have to make decisions and it's going to isolate them from family. It's going to isolate them from former members. I mean, just my brother making the decision to 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 take his church out of the Methodist system. The whole body made that decision, mm -hmm. but many people 
a big wave of the church said, no, we want to live in that, in, in that other church that, that has issues of heresy. And these are people you still love, you still baptize, you still cared about. Yeah. And, and now you're going to go on different paths. And, and you'd like to think they go on the different paths. And, and like Paul and Barnabas, they wish each other well, and we'll see you down the road. Man, they don't always wish you well. They want to burn your house down. Yeah. They, they fry you on the internet. They want to lay you out. And, and all you got to do, you don't, we don't have to burn back. We just have to say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Yeah. And may his countenance shine upon you, but he'll be my refuge. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You don't have to apologize for God. You know, Lucas, I think a lot of us today, Beth, I think a lot of us today feel like we have to adjust our lives to be woke enough so people can accept us because they can't handle God. If they can't handle God, that's God, that's their problem with God. Yeah. What I need to do is show them that it's doable. That yeah. my life can be somebody that puts their trust in God. And both now, I love this last part, and eternally. So we can we can do it both then and eternally. I think that's the key. Uh, let's take a look at verse 4. Verse 4, troubles multiply for those who chase after other gods. <laughs> I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. For those that chase after secular humanism, chase after family gods, chase after... Um, things in the world that stand in front, you know, the, the, let's just use the woke terminology of this day. You know, if they put these things, it's okay to be alert and aware and, and, and aware of people's struggles and, and, and to be sensitive to struggles, but you don't have to actually chase after that. Right. I think it's sad when somebody, when, when people tell me they're struggling with their identity and they're having an identity crisis and what they go is, you know, they say, well, I want you to, 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 to just believe with me for a moment that I'm a teacup. I'm no longer Troy, I'm a teacup. And today, Beth, I declare I'm a teacup, so you need to be a teacup with me, and we're gonna have a little tea party. And and then we follow that because they've asked us to. And and we take part in it. We, we began to, you know, you like Earl Grey or do you want lavender? Mm -hmm. You know? And we go, well, well, you know, you have a right to do that, and you're the, the teacup god. We, we, we tend to go along with these things. When, when I was growing up in, in the church ministry, my psychology and sociology said, that person is a divergent personality. You don't go along with divergent personalities. You don't fight them, but you don't agree with it either because they need an anchor in reality. The reality is <laughs> I'm not a teacup. Right. I'm Troy. Right. God made me in this image and it's different than Beth's image or Lucas's image, but it's who he made me to be. Mm -hmm. I'm a little fat, probably. He maybe didn't want me fat, but those come with choices, but he loves me still the same. And and for me to deny myself means there's something in me that hates me. Yeah. And that means I really hate the God who made me. Yeah. You don't say that, you don't mean that, but the truth is you're not trusting God. You're not, you're not, um, what was the word in the previous series? You're not dependent on him and you're not, uh, what was the other word we used? Um, uh, delighting in him. You're not trusting him. And so we, we chase after other stuff and other paradigms. And, and I think when we do that, it gets in very dangerous grounds. I mean, very, very dangerous grounds. And to be fair, the church hasn't been very good at, we're terrible at uh, teaching people about that when you make concept. You, right. And so, so because we're too busy hiding from 
I mean, the real question would be, what makes me think I'm a teapot? What makes you feel like that? And then beginning to pray with the person that they could get healing and wholeness and deliverance and be free from that and then be the person in Christ that God called them to be. You would have to... You, you have to have confidence in that. You don't have to beat them up. You don't have to hate them. You don't have to curse them to hell. You, you, but you you can say, hey, I, I know you say you're a teapot, but but I see you as a child of God. And and I would love to sit down and talk to you about how God really has a purpose for you. You don't have to be a teapot. you know. And they go, well, I'm a teapot. And they run off. You don't have to chase them. Okay, that's fine. Let them go. Yeah. Let, let them go. Be a teapot. You know, you know, because those people are not going to be blessable until they deal with that. Right. I mean, you don't have to curse them, but no. don't be blessable. No. And and I, I guess the deal is, is, is we've got to trust that God is right. And that gets to the third part. Let me get to mm-hmm. the third part here. The exalt, exaltation of the relationship with God. We got to begin to be comfortable in our relationship with God or what a relationship with God would mean. So verse five says, Lord, you alone are my inheritance, Manath, inheritance. Lord, I'm not a teacup. I'm a child of God. I'm a, I've been created. I was known before and I, I can't re-know myself to say I'm a teapot or I'm something else or I'm enough. I'm another gender when I'm not that gender is to deny God's delight and God's pleasure in me and to deny my inheritance and the couple blessing he gave me. It's actually to try to recreate that. Right. And anything I recreate is just, it would be a painting. It would be artistic. It would be a, 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 a facade of it. Right. And it may be a reflection of what I see myself as, but it's not the reality of who God made me as. I think that's the key. And we've got to understand my cup of blessing, you guard all that is mine. The land you give me is pleasant land and a wonderful inheritance. We've got to learn to trust that God did delight in us and had purpose. And I will bless the Lord who guides me even at night. My heart instructs me. So exaltation, we, 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 we can't get everybody else to exalt him, but what we can live ourselves as an exalted life. And they can see that we're not struggling with those same issues. So maybe they walk away. You're mad. I don't like you. You won't call me a teacup. One day they may wake up and go, I know I'm not a teapot. And I remember, you know, Troy, Beth, Lucas, they didn't, they, they, they were happy with who they were. I wonder if they still are. I wonder if they still are. I'll go check and see. Yeah. Or I've seen them always happy. I'm going to go talk to them how I could be happy at just being me. Yeah. You know, you don't have to go beat them up. I think you just need to leave something available for them to get back on. Right. I mean, if, if they run into Hope Island and you're on the rock and they say, we don't want to be on Hope Island on the rock and they set sail to sea, maybe they can find their way back home, you know, eventually and be a prodigal and be somebody that's recovered. So, because everybody started with God. You, you could take the prodigal and say, we all started with God because he created a plan for us. And some of us have not come back home to God. You know, I'm not into reformed theology, but, but really God created us all with a plan but some of us choose not to come back and some of us choose let's give people good coordinates and a good way home. And then let's live a life that when they come back, they don't go, Oh my God, they don't believe either. (laughs) That's what's really sad. Lucas is when somebody comes back and they go, you are a fraud. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to have a relationship with God that works with that. And we got to be careful not to let greed and power and stuff destroy us. I see so many good leaders in the church that end up getting destroyed by greed and power and and not keep staying humble and and success so we gotta we gotta we gotta make sure that we we, we stay with that and then finally uh, uh i don't want to go to that scripture i don't want to get ecclesiastes it's too deep uh psalm 16 <laughs> here we go i know the lord the final part is that that god will spare the psalmist's life if we're faithful that paul covers us and and it's a life of blessing and the messianic plan is that 
we will have life forevermore. Look at this. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be, sh- I will not be shaken. In other words, I will not be shaken means I will not be swayed. I mean, guys, the society is so swayed right now. You can't tell which way the pendulum's going. Again, when I went through my pastor's training, somebody says, I'm a teapot. My response would have been, what makes you think you're a teapot? I think you're a fine young lady, a fine young boy. Why are you feeling the need to hide in something you're not? You would talk through that, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't go, well, would you like cups to go with that tea? You don't go along with the fantasy. You didn't have to break their teapot. You did not break their teapot. But what makes you think that? Because they really believe that. They can sociopathically be detached and hiding in that. Right, wreckage. but it was recognized as a, a disease, not a disease, but a psychological disorder. Disorder. Disorder, yeah. Right. Something was broken that needed to be fixed. All right, but and our our world today wants to Now we want to make that normal. we want to make that right and normal. Right. So everybody has to go along with it and change the whole paradigm so that we have 72 genders when we only have two. Right. You know. So I, the key is I will not be swayed for he is right beside me. We we've got to hold the ground and just live there. He is my right hand. No wonder my heart. So so nowadays people want to go along with that. Mm-hmm. You, you you can't, and that's why the church is so confused. Is because the church, a lot of churches, that's called separation of the churches. Is churches have gone along with that. Now you have churches have to leave, and you got to go through the pain of that right. because they're they're being swayed. They're deciding that lo- local derived morality, local derived ethics, the flow of the society versus the covering of the Paul of God is going to dictate what is right and holy. It just won't work. Well, and they sell that off to well-meaning people by telling them, "Oh, you're going to hurt their feelings." Well, and they're going to reject God, and, and they mean what well, I think. I don't think most of them are sociopathically devil worshippers. Well, no, I mean the people that accept that instead of confronting it. I think they're helping themselves. They're, they think yeah, they're helping their they friends. They think they're yeah, being I, compassionate. I I think there's a big confusion on. Um, actually, you know, God calls us to meet people where they're at and then go from there. Right. I think there's a big confusion in that right now. It's like, we're actually going along with what's happening rather than meeting people with where they're at and then pulling them back. Yes. And being, to, and, to, and, to and, be, and being a good rock and anchor for them. Right. Cause right. They, when they run into your life, Oh, that hurt. I hit right on my ring. <laughs> I hit right on my ring. Right. I mean, just boom. Gosh, I, I'm getting old. I used to have meat there and you could do stuff. You fight and you know, just nothing there. Just pitiful. All right. But you know, when I use that, if we're the rock, if we're being a hope for somebody and they run into us, if they run into something that's going to lift them up and help them and anchor them, or are, are you going to just float on? Are, are you really just a floater that's going to float out there with them? Yeah. That's why you can't hang out with sinners. You, you you can connect for a period and be a witness. So when you run into you, do you, do you help them? And even if they go away from you, do they know they can get, if they got back to you, they could see if you're still real? And they, can, they keep, can they keep their eye like, eh, yeah, Lucas is real. I've been watching him for a couple of years now. He doesn't, he doesn't flinch. So when their crisis comes and they realize their, their, their ship is taking on water and they aren't a teapot or they aren't this, do they have any place they can go to get somebody that loves them enough to tell them the truth? They'll right. remember that. Right. We're weak on, we're really weak on that today, guys. I mean, yeah. we're, the church is weak on that and it's killing us. It's, it's killing us as a church. Um, I was going to try to where I was going to go on this thing. I will not be shaken. I mean, I will not be shaken. Let me, let me, let me show you this. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. When we interact with, well, like Lucas said, when we interact with that person, 
are, can we represent Christ to them? Can we be beside them? Can we be the presence? Can we be, can we show them that the Paul covered us that Paul can cover them? And, and even though they feel like a teapot, God can cover you and you can be who you were born to be. Yeah. You don't have to hide because of what you were a victim to somebody. There are a lot of people that are hiding and stuff because they really were victimized. They're really hurt. And, and the teapot's not going to fix that or being a furry is not going to fix that or, or hiding in drugs is not going to fix that. It's not going to fix the fact that they were abused sexually or they were abused by their parents or abused that. It, it just medicates it right. with, with some other facade. Let me give my best example before we get to the, the, the back end of this. When I was going to seminary, seminary was tough. Uh, it was in the 90s and, and Shane fought, went to seminary first and then I went to Emory after him. We followed and we just watched the seminary go off the, 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 the left end of the ungodly spectrum. And we watched people literally leave the denomination then to go into other denominations because of their sexuality and because they didn't want to believe the, the gospel or they thought it was unjust or, or too hard. Right. And, and one of the teachers I had was a teacher by the name of Roberta Bondi. I tell this story in church sometimes. Roberta Bondi was a teacher that taught SPE, Society Personality Ethics class. She was well-written, well-documented, very, just very professional teacher, well-known, but she was very liberal, very. She led the the feminist movement at Emory, led it, mm -hmm. led it. She was their champion. The love is God loves. That was her book, Robert Lyon. The love is God loves means everything you think about loving whoever you want to. You know, God loves everybody, you know, and that means you can do anything. Oh, they didn't have 72 genders that way, but but she had a spectrum that would let you get to 72. And this is in 92, 90, 91. So, so these teachers were already there putting this in people's minds. So these churches today didn't decide this. The teachers, the pastors were being groomed. We were being groomed by our teachers in seminary in 89, 90, 91, 92. Yep. So the bishops and DSs today, the lead churches, were groomed by these books and by these professors. Roberta Andre had 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 been abused as a child sexually. She had been or had had issues in her family and her parenting and and people. And so she had no ability to see a, a God as a father as a positive figure. So she rejected God as a father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she said that's painful, and so it was demanded in our class. And that's real pain. I it's mean, real that's, pa really. Yeah, All that's, male figures were, were seen as a father, even uncles, because of what had happened to right. her. And then she was in the society of people that had all been abused. And I understand that the men hurt her. Right. Men, men hurt people that she knew. And so, uh, fire burns men bad. Okay, mm -hmm. it's real simple theology. It's 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 escapism. It's it's the furry. It's the it's the it's. But it's understandable. It, but it's the wrong Paul. It's, Right. It's but. a different covering. It's like I'm going to cover it with denial versus covering it with the reality. So mm -hmm. so so she was part of a movement there that basically they banned at Emory was they attempted to ban the use of male pronouns in praying to God. It was a the beginning. They, they neutralized uh, Lucas while I was there. They rewrite the new, new revised standard version of the, of the hymnal and stuff and took out almost all masculine words from a lot of the Psalms and the, the, the liturgy was all neutralized. Mm -hmm. they, they, they would say Christ or they wouldn't say he, they would say Jesus Christ instead, or they, they neutralized it to God almighty instead of his almighty, you know? Yeah. So they, they neutralized everything. They, they neutralized everything. So to be a male was, was evil and bad and not to be spoken of. And, mm -hmm. and, and to be married male was worse, you know, cause it didn't fit that. And so if you said our father who art in heaven, you were corrected in class. Wow. You could say almighty God who is in heaven, or you could say, you could be inclusive and say our father, mother, our father and mother, God who mm -hmm. is in heaven. Well, I, you know, I, we finally had a group of, of, of African Baptists 
coming out of the African Baptist Church, Missionary Baptist Church, that had to sit down because they were being demanded to do this. You couldn't write, you couldn't, you had to write he, she, he slash she, or you could use capital E. You had to change, this is in 90, Luke is 19. Wow. This is in seminaries. This is why it's in everything now. Um, we had to write inclusive and stuff like that. So they finally had to sit down and refuse to go to class because in the black tradition, New King James language, everything's he masculine. And they said, well, you're running our culture. Our culture is this. This is how we're taught it. It's how Mammy taught it. And they finally got an allowance because we, none of us would go to class. And they finally said, you can use your language if it comes from your cultural appropriation. And so that allowed some of us that came out of evangelical <sighs> churches a little bit of freedom. So, but it was still, these people would still correct you in class, you know? And so Roberta went on a walk to Emmaus retreat. She'd been challenged in her pain and she made a mistake going on a Emmaus retreat. <laughs> During the Emmaus retreat, she discovered that the men that had abused her were ungodly and didn't reflect the love of God and that there were men out there that were godly and the greatest of all those men that saved her was Jesus Christ and that God the Father was the father she always had longed for. Yeah. And rather than rejecting everybody having a dad, she finally found the dad in God that she needed. Yeah. Mm. Wow. She came back from the Mayus weekend and declared her revelation that all of what she'd been declaring is wrong. Ladies, we can't run from the father. Uh -huh. We might run from our father, but not God our father. He can heal what we've been denying. Yeah. And she changed that. And it, the class, people were devastated in the class. Women got up and left and slammed the doors. She, I mean, it changed. I watched how Christ changed her. And what she was saying is, is as she went on the retreat, she learned that the victim of God can cover what her family had done to her and that in God she has something that's appropriate and she could have wholeness. Rather than trying to live as a teapot, she could go back to live as a little girl and now look to God, a father who loves her like she should have been loved mm -hmm. and realize that her father was a sinner and a failure. Right. And something had failed him. And it was a revelation point. I, I'd like to say it turned out well for her, but it, you know, she, I think she eventually got pushed out and had to go somewhere else. And, you know, but I think that's what we need to offer people. Yeah. We need to offer people the authentic Paul of God. They see the goodness of God and they can begin to write. We don't have to beat them to death. But she just said, she said in the class, ladies, I was wrong. It's like, oh, Chris Stapleton's song, I was wrong. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It shocked them. They were yeah. betrayed. Yep. She says, we're hiding what we really desire and we'll never well till we look to the Father wow. and realize he can heal those wounds. Wow. The, the last part of this I want to get to before we get out of it is, is that I think this psalm lays out a really nice paradigm that I want to just kind of use to wrap up. But, but in this psalm, in verse 1 through 2, it, it shows the goodness of God. And, and I don't think we focus enough on the... And what she was saying was people wanted to reject this God, the Father, God, this land. And she said, there's a goodness of God. We just got to get past ourselves and see that he... He's, he covered us and he's led us the way. So number one, we have a God that's a good God. Look at this verse one and two. You are my master and everything good I have comes from you. So while her dad was crap and while the men around her were crap, this one's not. Right. So don't put your trust in man. Put your trust in a God. My goodness is nothing, New King James, apart from you. God is good. We, we got to rest in that. Number two in this text, we learn in, in that that. There's goodness in the fellowship of God. 
I mean, look at this. The godly people, the saints in the land are my true heroes. So rather than her rejecting everybody that was a Christian, what she should look at is what can I get from them to help me be a better person? I could be mentored by some of these folks. Some of these other folks have been burnt and hurt too. So instead of trash talking saints, we need to take a look at some of them and see how they can help us grow closer to God because they are closer to the Paul of God than we are. And and trouble troubles multiply for those who chase after God. If I chase after people who are other deniers and other Furbies and, and they're doing other things to get away, that's just gonna take me farther away. But if I if I if I trust in godly people, the saints, it'll take me closer. So so much of what we're doing in the church today, I mean, the church got here 2,000 years. The church has been following certain theology. And in just the last 30, 40, 50 years, we've seen the church diverge and begin to follow apostate local current theology and reject the teachings of God for how I feel woke today. We've taken, and, and there's always been people that don't follow that in the Bible, but we've never asked the church to endorse it and change its protocol to accept it. We've just, they've just left the church. Now they're taking the church, trying to take the church with them and reclassify the church as the new woke church. Or we're, we're an open church. They call, we're a progressive church. What about the church that was founded on the creed of the apostles, on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, and that Peter was called to establish? Right. The other is just counterfeit. It's counterfeit. Exactly. So that's number number two is that we need to realize there's there's God's good and fellowship with God is really, really good. We are called, I we are called to be witnesses to them, not partners. We don't have to go along with this. We're called to be ambassadors on behalf of the kingdom. And 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 in a kingdom that we should love ourselves. They should see us loving with our whole hearts and our devotion and our lives and our witness. And, and they could see that we're not really, you're not, it's like I said in the story, uh, like the previous episode, when when the guy from the gang in Liberia got baptized, they told him, said, well, you got saved, you're, you're a part, and, and you can't hang out with us anymore. Mm-hmm. People actually know if you're really living a Christian life, you're heading toward a different world. If you'll just stay on that, they might, some of them might want to come with you. Yeah. And, and keep your rock where it is, they might come back to it. People can understand that. I, I I tell this a lot of times too. When I was in seminary, I never, I was fortunate because I had Shane in my life and Fred and different people speaking to me all the time. When they were speaking all this garbage to me, I rejected it. Number one, I, I grew up in a lifestyle like that, my own family home. Right, so it wasn't anything new to no, you. No, I, knew, it wasn't I, knew, it was, I or, knew it was terrible. Right. Then I was with it and I was seeing God do other things. And so I'd be like, when the professors are saying, well, you need to be open to this. And I'm like, man, I've been there, done that, doesn't work. Yeah. I'm here because God changed me. You need to go with me on some of these trips and see what God's doing people. Right. You get saved, man. And and I I got through my ethics classes without compromising on sexuality and issues of abortion. I, I was able to maintain biblical faith on on who Christ was and, and use language of, not, not language of inclusivity, but language of the kingdom. Uh-huh. And I got away with it. And I had a professor write on my paper is, he gave me an A on the paper that I had written things contrary, all three things were contrary to his view. And he says, I've seen nothing but you being consistent with who you are as an evangelical born-again Christian. And he says, you write well and you're respectful. And he says, I appreciate where you've attempted to change the questions to speak to a positive method in it. He says, I really respect that he gave me an A. And I watched him take other people and give them Fs and Cs and Ds. A D is a failure in your master's program. I, because they were already conniving or trying to soft pedal it. I, I wasn't rude. I wasn't ugly. But my professors that were against me actually gave me I graduated with high honors. Mm-hmm. 
because they saw they don't get me wrong they try to challenge me but they saw me in the end as consistently being consistent with who i was right and not disrespectful of who they were yeah but also not willing to walk down the hall and party with them right so we need to People need to know we're not residents and they need to just know we're not partners, but we're witnesses and we're ambassadors. And when they do that, I think they respect that. We need to seek first the kingdom, Matthew 6, 33, and the, and the, and the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this other stuff will, will come. Uh, so we, we, we've got a good God, good fellowship. Um, let's take a look. Uh, and I, I think this, I, I said this when I did the series, the world needs our witness and we, we, we got to take care uh, not to start loving the world. We, we, we've got to respect people in the world, but we got to, we got to take care of our witness. Mm -hmm. And that goes back. Lucas has been saying this daily quiet time, personal time rooted and grounded. Psalm one, make that decision and be a river tree. Okay. Have that micro relationship with God. Um, what's the third one? We have a good heritage. We do not have to apologize for being Christians. We do. We don't have to apologize for being who we are today. People may not like it, but look, the Lord says you are, you alone are my inheritance. We can trust God. He's our cup of blessing. He's a guard. He will guard all that is mine. And the land you have given me is a pleasant land and it's a wonderful inheritance. Yeah. We've got a good thing. We don't have to apologize to people for our view. We just tell them, as for me and my house, we're going to do this and we're going to respect you. You want to be a teapot? That, that's fine, but I'm not having tea with you, no. but I'll be here for you when you want to come talk to me as a child of God. You know, I'll be here for you. And in the meantime, you know, tea on over there, you know, but I'll be here. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Um, and then, then the, the fourth of that is good counsel. We, we need to, we need to get good counsel. We need to give good counsel. Um, and the example for that is I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken. Good counsel for he's right beside me. The Lord is there. If you're in the word, if you're, if you, if you respect the saints that have gone before you mentors, they will keep you on the right path and, and humble yourself and, and, and look to good counsel. And all that leads to the fifth and last one. And we'll wrap up here is it, it gives me good hope. The hope is, is that look at this, man, I love this. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety for you will not leave my soul among the dead. Our hope is that no matter what we're doing and what we face from the people of the world, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could go in the fire because they knew God had them. Now, I didn't say they wouldn't die, but right. God had them. And there's something greater than death. Or right. allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You're not. We'll show you the path of the way of real life. Mm -hmm. Don't don't get caught up in trying to live the life of this fallen world and only find out you sacrifice the real world. Right. You know, just start living it now. And it, I, it won't be easy, but you can do it. You will show me the way of life. He says, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of life living with you forevermore. To do that, we're going to have to, to sacrifice. So I really want you to think about the fact that in Psalm 16, we have this incredible uh, good God. We have good fellowship, good heritage, good counsel, good hope. And it's just a good psalm for realizing that God has your back. Um, I, I just think it's just wonderful. I, I think I have a good little wrap up piece here. So, so I, I guess what we have to ask ourselves out here, you're listening, maybe you're, maybe you're kind of new to this, but have you had your mictum moment? Have you let God cover you? Have you accepted Christ? Have you, have you, have you had, as, uh, uh, Martin Luther said, your golden moment. Mm -hmm. Have you accepted that you are a child of God and that God has you let God cover you, let his blood cover you. We, we have a good, better than that, we have a great God. And 
with good fellowship and good heritage and good counsel and good hope. Take what God's given you, receive it, walk in it, and begin to live out that moment. So I think every one of us need to look at ourselves and, and to say, are we living in that moment? And we have that great God. Are you ready to have your make the moment? Are you, are you, are you, are you, and, and like I said, not a good, just a good God. We have a great God. Right. And we need to rest that because our world's telling us that God is archaic, that our ways are off, that they're, that they need to be uh, adjusted or modified. And all that is a deception. And yes. that deception has been going on. It's not new forever since the garden. Yeah. That fruit you see, isn't it good and pleasing to the eye? Yeah. Go ahead and eat it, Eve. We're at the same spot. And Mictum could have been covered by, by God and said, God's told us not to do that. And I'll, I will trust God. But she didn't. He also said, you can, if you want to, you can, if you want to, he gave you the choice. The fruit was put there for a reason. Yeah. We have the same things in front of us today. We have to choose. Yeah. Is it hard again today? Because so many people aren't, in a Christian world today, it was hard for the Romans. It was hard for in the Roman times to do this. We're just facing some of what others in, that have gone before us have faced. Yeah. And if, if you're a Christian, you're waking up this morning, you're a Christian in China, or you're a Christian in Thailand, or you're a Christian in, in some country where Islam is at stake, you're waking up in a world that's far harsher than we've ever known. Oh, yeah. And I respect people out there that oh, are yeah. offering their lives. I'm reading the persecuted for America, persecuted, uh, pray for the persecuted Bible right now. It's a, uh, follows the one year Bible, but it's, mm -hmm. it, we pray for America, pray for the persecuted. And there's one called pray for life. We're doing mm -hmm. the pray for persecuted. So every day my devotion starts with somebody in the world that's, that I'm to pray for that's being persecuted. And the stories are horrendous. Yeah. And we, we what's funny about it is not one story is about anybody from America. No, we don't no. even know what persecution we're for so his name's sake. Privileged and yeah. it's like we're just flinging and, it in the and, face of God, and we're losing it right now. Fast, yes, and we are. Maybe someday we are starting to see people jailed for some stuff like that in Facebook and social. Media. But but we're not being crucified or are beheaded yet for not it. Yet. And this is all happening actively right now. Always, yeah, actively Always right has now. been. So so we have a great God. We have we have a good victim. And we want to let that golden image cover us. So any last thoughts, guys, on, on letting the covering of God uh, touch people's lives? No, I think you nailed it. I, mean, yeah, I, I, don't know. it. I don't really know what else to say about it. No, it, it, it's a powerful text yeah. here. I mean, get out there, Psalm 1, Psalm 15, and then Psalm 19. Get Make the decision to be godly. Uh, get, your, get yourself cleaned up to go up the hill. And then go look and see what's covering you. Yeah. What's covering you is amazing. And it, that covering isn't to make you bold, but it's to make you confident. Mm -hmm. Boldness is good, but boldness with confidence implies you have hope. And that allow you to stand, let you be, let, let you be confident. Let me say, boldness is okay, confidence is great, but don't be arrogant. Be yeah. humble. Right. What we need today is, is saints to be bold and confident with a humble heart and to stand the ground yeah. and hold the rock and, and be the watchman on the wall for this day and age this too shall pass and people will have an opportunity and i like i said i read my devotion this morning uh in luke it says that when things get rough and earthquakes come and famine comes and all those things shake up and down the lord says that'll be almost the end of the times and then the christians will be persecuted and a large part of the world are being persecuted we're even being persecuted here but it's i don't think it's very tough yet but it, it's tougher than we've ever seen it says then this will be your opportunity are you ready to take advantage of the opportunity that we, we, you could see that as saying, I'm preaching the sermon on the resistance. Now the opportunity means we're to be the resistance. We're to be the rock in this hour and this day, help them have a place they can navigate back to and find that Jesus can cover them. 
Roberta Bondi went on that trip and she ran into different people giving their lives to Christ. And she was touched by the fact that God could really cover the inferiority of her dad and her family's trauma to her and that she could be redeemed and she could have a life on the other side of that. And she could do it by putting her eyes, not on what people did to her, but by fixing her eyes on Jesus mm-hmm. and letting him become the author and the finisher of who she'd be. Yep. I don't know where she is today. I don't know if she maintained that. I just know she blew that classroom up that day. And maybe we need to just let Jesus Christ cover our lives. And maybe I'm not talking about blowing up in a physical sense. So don't take me off Facebook or YouTube, <laughs> but maybe we need to blow up some people's understanding yeah. of what the love of Christ can do in their lives. So get out there and check this out. Good God. Let me put that up. Good God, good fellowship, good heritage, good counsel, and good hope. That is in Psalm 19. We're going to be back in part four of this series with Psalm 19, the rock of ages, rock of ages, cleft for me. It's right where it comes from. But we just covered that I will not be shaken. Go check that out by Bethel song. I will not be shaken. Be a good song for you to hear there. Guys, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Beth, it's fun. Lucas, yep. good stuff. We're right on time today. Go to onthedoc.org. Check out our shows. And there's two already in the series. This is part three. Uh, go back and listen to the others. And if you can, go back and listen to volume one from last year. And you can go to email at info at onthedoc.org. If you've got questions, you need help, direction, you need guidance, you need prayer support, we'd love to reach out to you. Uh, go to our uh, YouTube to watch us online live. Uh, uh, Spotify and iTunes is an audio-only version, so is Google Play. Facebook, you can find us on Facebook as well, Roku rumble we'll tell you more about roku soon we're gonna have our own channel there that's cool sermon net and facebook instagram twitter telegram and getter we'd love to hear from you share your testimonies and and let us know where god's covered you and and, and how, you, how you're doing that to others and hey you can also share this show, subscribe hit like but share the show out maybe other people this could this could be a rock for somebody where they find their way home we hope mm-hmm. we hope that you help other people find their golden uh their golden uh what was the golden nugget uh, their golden victim and hit subscribe, like notify, tell other people about it. We'd love to have you as a Patreon partner sponsor. And once again, before we leave mother Beth and Lucas, we'd like to invite people out Sundays at 10 o'clock uh, to community faith church. If you're in our area, don't have a church home, come check us out Wednesday, six 30. If you want to check us out online, coftv.com will get you to all of our different viewing platforms, which are Facebook, YouTube, uh, rumble. And we're on sermon net there as well. So we're gonna be on Roku there soon. So check that out. We'd love to have you anytime. And again, guys, thank you for coming out. We'll see you on the next step. Rock of ages, part four coming up. And we're in the Psalms volume two project. This is pastor Troy with mother Beth and Lucas, uh, saying, have a great day. Lord bless and go be, go be a father.